Um, I'm going to um, show you a video. Hopefully it's going to work. And Sarah has warned me against it because the cold has affected the computer too. But for me, this sums up all of Christmas. And this is Johnny and Chachi. And now, a very special Johnny and Chachi Christmas medley. Hi, I'm Johnny, and this is Chachi, and Merry Christmas. You know, people all over the world celebrate the birth of our Savior on December 25th. And there are hundreds, if not thousands, of very popular Christmas songs. And we wanted to sing 25 Christmas songs in under two minutes. We even have a counter here. <laughs> I'm not even sure we can do that. No, I think we can. Let's give it a go. Just hear those bells ringing, jing jing jing, the death calls with bows of holly, joy to the world. It's beginning to look a lot like Grandma got ran over by her king wins less loss. Oh, the bells beat so loud, God's message is ringing, and we've changed as it's been heard. The bells on Christmas Day, on Christmas Day, Christmas Day, Christmas Day, Christmas Day, a partridge in a Tiny bit more, but don't worry if not. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Now, you may wonder why on earth have I shown you that. Well, for me, the video sums up a lot of what happens at Christmas the busyness, the mix of the secular and the sacred, the reverent and the ridiculous all in one, and most of all, terrible jumpers. In all the mix of what goes on at Christmas, and in the middle of it, the message surely sometimes gets lost. Now, don't get me wrong, this is not one of those present-bashing sermons where I tell you off for buying gifts rather than focusing on Jesus. After all, we all buy gifts to mimic the wise men. The first Christmas, you could say, was a bit commercial. They forgot even to wrap their presents. And to celebrate the fact, that most of all, that the greatest gift in history was given uh, 2,000 years ago. That's why we give gifts. 
Similarly, this is not going to be one of those sermons that bashes the customs of Christmas, where I tell you all that the red clothing of Santa Claus only stems from Coca-Cola's advertising post-war, that the real message of Christmas was lost sometime, some years ago. I'm not going to tell you that we should be wary of enjoying our Christmas dinner too much, as there are starving people in the world. After all, the important though that is to remember, we want to enjoy this Christmas time. After all, in some ways, the people that find joy in these kind of things may be closer to remembering what what Christmas is all about, which is joy. With all the factors of the Christmas story, it is easy to, to get lost and to miss it. If we think the busyness of Christmas is a new thing, think again. 2,000 years ago, in the very first Christmas, the threat of higher taxes was very much in the air. A coalition type of government was very present, the Romans and the Jews working together. And if my maths is right, seeing how long he's been in Parliament, Min Campbell was celebrating his third year as a Liberal Democrat MP. No, just kidding on that last one. But what's most important as we get a bit more serious, is that at this point in history, just over 2,000 years ago, history, geography, all religion, prophecy, covenant, judgment, the sacred and the secular, it all comes together and meets at this one point in history. This is a vital part of what we celebrate today. The reason it's 2,000 years is because it's 2,000 years since then. And in the midst of the busyness and those familiar readings where there's a lot to take in, I guess I want to try and challenge you today to focus on something very simple. We heard it earlier, Luke chapter, 10, uh, Luke chapter 2, sorry, verse 10 to 11. It says this, The angels say, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. 2010 has been an interesting year for news. We've had good news and bad news. Do you remember the Chilean miners and the hope that lifted in all of our hearts when we, we heard of their plight And over time, we saw them come to be rescued. It's been a a good year for news as well with the World Cup, where we all heard that Wayne Rooney was fit and it was going to be our year, but it didn't quite turn out like that. And there's been worse news too. We've seen one of the biggest oil slicks in history. We've seen uh, another tsunami hit a region where the tidal barrier erected after the Boxing Day one wasn't working. Good news comes and goes. But the great news of Christmas is that this is a message for all time. And news is only news if something changes. It's not news if things are staying the same. The reason it's good news, the reasons why the angels tell about it, is that something has been irrecoverably changed. The shepherds knew it. Their terror maybe at seeing angels, you could say as a challenge for us tonight, maybe as a a sense of terror at seeing something so holy and pure. Something that that reminded them of their mortality. And yet the good news is that they no longer need to be terrified. The angels say, don't be afraid. The good news of great joy is that a saviour, a messiah, the Christ, the Lord, has been born. Christmas is all about joy. I heard on the radio this week someone saying this about the snow. Well, that's ruined Christmas for me. We're not even there yet. And the travel chaos has already knocked the Christmas spirit out of people. I don't know whether you as a church are feeling guilty of this too. I was walking around Tame yesterday and I bumped into Nigel and we were having a lovely time seeing the quiet and the stillness and it was a lot of fun. And yet we see these people whose lives somehow are ruined just because of some snow. 
And I'm not trying to underplay it because it is sad to know that not many people could be out. And yet surely Christmas has to say something to say, well actually this good news of great joy outweighs anything because joy is not happiness. If something has changed, which is our standing before God, if through Jesus being born we can boldly approach God's throne, if because of Jesus his righteousness somehow is given to me when I call out in faith, when I call out in need, when I recognise my absolute depravity before God, and yet God is willing to accept me on behalf of what Jesus has done, surely that outweighs anything we face. 2010 has been a tough year in many ways. I know some people here have lost loved ones, have been told of loved ones who are sick and ill. Some of the best news Claire and I heard at the start of the year was that our little boy Noah was healthy, following a tough year the year before. And yet this thing called joy, which outlasts and outweighs any circumstance you face, I challenge you as a church to take into the world. Because good news is only news as long as it is passed on. It no longer becomes news if no one passes it on. We read the shepherds having seen Jesus running through the town proclaiming the good news. That's our challenge to today. And I challenge you as a church to, to let that be evident in your joy. The Bible's very clear. It's one of the, the aspects of the fruits of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit working with us. It's not an optional extra. You can't pick the fruit you like. It's one fruit in different flavours. And yet, somehow in church, we're the ones who have this great joy, and yet it doesn't seem like it. And I get told off for talking too fast. And I'm not going to try and weedle out of it too much tonight. But for me, the challenge is that I can't help but smile when I think about this story. Having seen the way people reacted to Noah and Zach when they were born, they're fairly identical and in one sense you could just swap them around. But the joy that's shared by people just wanting to hold the baby until they need changing is a beautiful thing. It's something which you can't ignore. When there's a baby in the room, someone somewhere wants to pick them up and do something like shake them or poke them or give them a cuddle. How much more then if God sends his son Jesus, fully God, fully man, as a little baby, how could we keep our distance? How could we keep that joy of that new arrival away from our lives this Christmas time? In the midst of suffering, and tomorrow um, I'm going to a, a friend's funeral. One of my course mates from my college, age 42, uh, in his last year training as a minister, died a week and a half ago. Uh, wife and a young child, and we're going to go to his funeral. And it's going to be a tough day. It's going to be a tough day. But having seen the passion that he proclaimed Jesus with, having seen the, the hope he had in the resurrection from the dead, having seen the way that he talked about an eternity that was sure and certain, that day, although mixed with sadness, especially five days before Christmas, sharing with his family, his son and his wife, we know there will be that hope and that joy that runs through it. How can we be anything but loud and proud about this day? We complain a lot about Christmas. Let's, rather than doing that, let's shout loud of what it really means. Let's shout loud of the joy we have. The last thing I want to say is that this was good news of great joy for all people. Let's not be those sorts of people that opt out of Christmas. Oh, it used to be for me, but now it's just for the kids. If you think about the Christmas story, all types and ages and, and, and sorts of people were included and involved. The wise men from afar, learned men that studied the stars, that knew the signs of creation, that somehow glimpsed that prophecy was coming to fulfilment at this time. They were involved. 
Shepherds who lived out with their animals on the edge of town, looked down upon, they were involved. Insignificant Mary in many ways. Yet a family line that God, you can see, has been planning and bringing to fruition is involved. A faithful husband, challenged to the very deepest core as a husband, suspecting that his to-be had been with others, was involved and was faithful when God challenged him about it. More than that, we see a childless couple almost giving up hope, involved in the story as God breaks through that. We see old and young alike sharing in this amazing story of joy and good news for the world. I want to encourage you as a church this Christmas, I don't know what your circumstances, and some of you I know will find Christmas hard. Can I encourage you not to opt out? Because this is good news of great joy for all people. Not just some, not just the kids, however much I like hearing them sing away in the major. This is for all people. And most of all, I want to invite you tonight, if you're still not sure who you'd be in this story, maybe you'd be an onlooker staring at a distance, maybe life is too busy for you. I think this morning here you you looked at the innkeeper's story and, and not being too busy for Christmas. Can I encourage you and challenge you that in the midst of that busyness, a bit like a video that has 25 songs in two minutes, there is something glorious to proclaim. That we have eternal life. We have forgiveness of sin. We get to see in Jesus what God is like. We get to see him forgiving and accepting. We get a mission and a purpose to a life. We have a hope that goes beyond the grave. That's why Christmas is a time to be joyful. That's why it's a time I invite you to, to not stand at a distance. Because the other thing that makes news news, if it changes your situation... You may remember where you were at various events in this year's history. Can I challenge you maybe tonight that this is the place where you can look back on next year and say, that was the moment where I realised that before God, I should be terrified. I was so far from his glory and holiness. And yet having heard that he would willingly send his son into the world to save sinners of whom I'm the worst, that actually maybe tonight might be the moment you look back on and say, that good news was for me.